Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yo, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's up, what's up, family? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. It's been a while, but glad to be back with uh, you know Thaddeus talking some sports on this wonderful Sunday, NBA playoff Sunday. Um, Thad, like I said, I know it's been a minute. How you been, bro? I've been good. I've been good. Yeah, it's been about what two weeks. I had to move back. Uh, you know, I couldn't really get connected on time, so we're mm-hmm. finally back, you know. Yeah, ready to do this weekly. But I'm I'm glad to I'm glad to be back. Let's get to it. Of course, of course. Like I said, it's a lot's been happening within these last two weeks, you know, that we haven't been able to talk. Um, but you know, glad that we're here to do it today. Uh like I said, you know, some playoff games going on. We're gonna get to that in a little bit. Um, first things first, or first thing that we're gonna talk about today. Um, a lot that we've been seeing in the news about this guy. We haven't really heard about him really since his Wizards and Lakers days, but uh we're gonna hit on him today. Kwame Brown. Um, it's been going at it with a lot of people in the media. Um, not too sure as of why what sparked it. Everybody knows, you know, he, he's kind of been the butt of jokes for, for a lot of years. So I guess he's just been tired of it. Um, it's come out it's pretty much going at everybody, Matt Barnes, um, Stephen Jackson, their, their podcast, all the smoke. Um, even went at Jamel Hill, Stephen A, just literally everybody, anybody that's coming in his way or had anything to say about him. He's got something to say now. So just that, what's, what's been your thoughts on just seeing him, him kind of go off his rants this week, his YouTube video, everything that he's been talking about. Uh, it's honestly been funny to me. Like a lot of people said they never heard him talk before this week. And, honestly, yeah, you know, I didn't think. It was I think I think they're giving him a little bit too much attention now. Like this is an everyday mm-hmm. thing now. He's been going for a week straight every day, picking mm-hmm. somebody new. Like he's getting a little <laughs> bit too much attention now. It was funny at first. It's still a little funny. Like he's country and the way he talks is funny to me. But mm-hmm. it's a little bit blown out of proportion. But I understand where he's coming from. You know, as a man, like. You're only going to take – some people are not going to take the disrespect at all, but, like, there's yeah. going to be a certain point where you get tired of it, and he's got tired of it. Like, this has been going on for years. And you could tell it has been bothering him because when he came at Stephen A, he came at Stephen A about that video that looked like it was made in, like, 2004. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, you could tell it was bothering him for a long time, and he just had a breaking point, which is understandable. But he just – he got to get it together. But I feel like he might have made himself a little bit of money. People going to have him on shows maybe mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, how he feels and all that. But, I mean, honestly – 
he's a bust in some people's eyes, which he most likely is, you know. But yeah, uh, if I'm Kwame Brown, I'm okay with my life. He made $64 million in his career. Like he said, he was able to get his mom a house. You know, that's almost every kid's dream. So mm-hmm. pretty successful to me. You know, his basketball career didn't pan out like it, it was supposed, supposed to. Because, yeah. you know, first player out of high, straight out of high school to be a number one pick. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it just all started off bad. He went to he went to the Wizards. Jordan didn't really want him. They said he was supposed to be traded for Elton Brand, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. That's what Jordan was trying to get done. Uh, never really fit in with Kobe because you know him. Jordan and Kobe are pretty similar. Similar, so, yeah. Yeah. So he just never took a lot of criticism. They were hard on him, and a lot of people would have quit. You know, he didn't break, but he he would have had more success if he had a better situation. That's why I always say it's where you land. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, overall, just a situ- it's a funny situation to me, but. I think, you know, Kwame needs to cool out a little bit. Have some people talk to him in this corner. Yeah. But overall, I think he, you know, it's it's nothing too crazy. It's, it's been a nice little laugh, nice little week on social media for him. But uh, this this should be over pretty soon, like this whole. You think thing. it's over with? Or like you say, I feel he like they're going to be. He came with LeBron about. Uh, oh, yeah. He did come, yeah, him, today. So yeah. I feel like he's like, oh, these people like me. So I'm going to keep talking every day. So I, it might, you know. You yeah. know, people feed into attention, so he might go. That's what I about to say. He might get to where his head getting a little too big, and then it's like, all right, now you about to start. You starting to say some of the wrong stuff, like you said. At first, it was kind of funny because he was going at guys that you know, I guess, was in this era that you know, maybe probably were talking about him and stuff. And like you just said, like as a man, sometimes you ain't gonna take as much disrespect as he's gotten over the years. So, um, it, it like I said, it's been interesting to see. Do you think he takes the? I know he's already responded and said he wasn't going to do it. Um, and still was calling uh, Matt Barnes, you know, B word and all that. But do you think he eventually takes uh, that invitation and goes on all the smoke? No. Some, some of the smoke, as he says. No. Nah. Is th- that one in will putting them in the setting? Like, yeah. Like face to face, man to man. And I'm gonna be honest, Kwame kind of big. I feel I didn't know he was from Charleston. That would that makes it kind of funny because I'm I've been out here for like well not I'm in Georgia now, but I've been out here mm. there for the last two years, and there's some crazy folks out there. So man, <laughs> you fit right in with them. Yeah. But uh nah, I, I don't think that happened. Yeah. Unless you want to see them two box, but they wouldn't even they wouldn't even leak that episode. They end up boxing. Yeah. It's not gonna happen. Too much tension. Kwame's mad at everybody. And the way the words he the choice of words he's been using now, you might have to box. So I doubt that happened. Honestly, I feel like that's what they was talking about as well, too, saying that, that they might do that. I don't know if I uh, listened to it right, but I thought uh, Matt Barnes was also saying, like, like if you want to box or you, you want to do whatever you got to do, if you want to do yeah. something off camera, then we can do that as well. But I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't I don't know. Like, I know Matt Barnes has been like that tough guy. He's had that tough guy persona. And I guess that's what Colin Brown was calling out. But him or Steven Jackson, honestly, I don't I don't know. Like, obviously, it don't really matter how big you are as a man. Um, like I say, kind of everything. There's other things that come in, come into play, you know, when when it comes to you know boxing or fighting, just in general. But like you said, Charleston, the way he's been talking, he feels like he, he's been talking like real comfortable too. Like like he yeah, really don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he really don't really care too much about like what they've been saying. I have to say, like he's on, he's saying this piece and he's like laughing and just having a good old time with it. Like he ain't like mad furious but he's saying like some disrespectful stuff so i don't know it, it's like those are the type of people you gotta watch out for like in fights yeah. like if they they too calm or, or, or laughing about certain stuff and then the other side serious so I, I don't know but do you think uh i guess before we move on from like you said people probably will be asking him to come on some shows maybe like i said if he, he, he cools down a little bit but do you think he kind of get, he gets his own little spinoff or show from this or he decides to start his own little show from this i don't think they take it that far i think it's gonna turn into the instagram live show 
Oh yeah, yeah, something like uh. He goes live every day. He know people want to see him. I, I'm not gonna lie. The first couple of days, I was watching all like all the videos people posted on Twitter. Twitter, the little two minute snippets. I, mm-hmm. I was watching them, and just the way he was talking just had me dead. Uh, I can't really say what he was saying on here, but <laughs> he was going to everybody. Uh, Charlemagne, the God, he he went in on him. And he going, yeah. I was say he's not even keeping it just sports related. Yeah, he, now he goes going to Talks about Kwame Brown, and some of these people are even—they're not even bashing him about it. Mm-hmm. They're like 50-50, and he's like, "Oh, if you ain't on my side, I'm on your head." So <laughs> yeah, he just need to calm down a little. But I think this will blow off, hopefully in a week. But people love it. Yeah, know. honestly, honestly. So all right, like I said, kind of moving on from Kwame Brown. I know we'll we'll probably hear something about him in the next few days, and we said probably talk about it later on. But um. Next thing, kind of want to talk talk about or do you know one of our little segments that we, we like to do here on the show, something or nothing. So I'm gonna roll I'm gonna roll the video. All right, first something or nothing topic for the day. Tim Tebow, this is Thad's team, Jacksonville Jaguars. Been the news quite a lot lately. Um, I guess first before we kind of even get in, in, into it, I want to ask you. Um, you know, a lot of people have been kind of up in arms and saying like, of course, like. He's getting this opportunity based off of a name, you know, relationships, all those certain things versus other guys that's been putting in the work two, three years, four years, whatever the case may be, trying to get their opportunity into the, uh, you know, in the NFL. And for him to, I guess, transition over and be playing a position he's never even played really before, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of upset about that. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, and then we'll kind of get into whether he'll make the team or roster. You know, it's all about who you know. As people, as you know, as you get older and stuff. So that's all it is. Uh, Urban Meyer, this is his guy, the guy that got his career really started off, you know, uh, at Florida. That's where all his success came. And it started with Tim Tebow pretty much like his Mm -hmm. freshman season when he was coming in for Chris Leak and stuff like that. But yeah, I just think this is him repaying his guy. I kind of feel bad for the guys that have been working. Like the guy you had on your podcast, Ari, uh, he's been, he's Mm -hmm. been at Trey Lance's pro day, Colin Kaepernick's pro day, just looking for an opportunity. And for him, somebody like him to get passed up yeah. uh, by a guy that is just basically, I don't know if he's disrespecting the game, but he's like, uh, you know, I took six years off. I, I'm so good at this sport that I can just you know, switch positions mm-hmm. or something like that. I, I kind of feel like it's a little disrespectful. But like I said, it's all about how you know it doesn't doesn't really matter. Uh, I feel like a lot of guys deserve opportunities. There's been guys that have been out of football two, three years, still working yeah. every day for this shot. And Tim Tebow basically just skips the line. But that's how it goes in a business world. Yeah. So, some people don't, you know, some people might be better, but they'll get passed up because they have no plugs, no connection. So I feel like it's really unfair, but it is what it is at the same time. But it's nothing to me. But, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Like I said, I forgot who it was. I think maybe Stu. Somebody else was putting other things in the, in the chat and was saying, like, there's other guys that kind of gotten this this same type of favoritism or opportunity based off connection like you said because like i said honestly unfortunately that's just the world we live in it's like who you know not what you know what you can do so um like i said there's other guys that's kind of had the same opportunity like i know there's a few guys that you know played rugby you know it's similar type of physicality of, of a sport you know it's not it doesn't translate over the same and then uh you know a few guys you know NBA like type players like that or that played basketball. I mean, overseas, I believe, got an opportunity at the NFL at a roster spot. So it's something that we've seen before. Unfortunately, it's just you know a bigger name, bigger face, and somebody that you know has been around and that people think that doesn't really have it anymore. Well, didn't have it anymore has position, and you know now is getting another opportunity um, at the NFL in a different position. And even with when he trans uh, transitioned over and started to play for my Mets, everybody didn't really like it too much either. Even though he had background in playing baseball before so 
I don't know. Like you said, it's all about who you know, not what you know. And unfortunately, like you said, Ari got like that. I know he's working every day. Hopefully he does get a shot sooner or later. Um, you know, if not at the NFL, XFL, somewhere. I know his big big and main goal is the NFL, but you know, certain guys like that, I know putting in the work definitely deserve opportunities and hopefully they get theirs very soon. But uh before we move on, something or another, do you think he makes a roster spot? Obviously, this is your team. Um You've, you've, I guess, you know, you've probably seen, read some news on, you know, what they're talking about. They already got his 85 um, jersey selling on the site and everything. So what do you what do you think uh, if he makes a 53-man roster? This is all you know, kind of just, you know, preseason, offseason. Uh, Before I go into that, Greg McElroy came on last week and said uh, during his Jets tenure, when he failed at quarterback, they tried him out at tight end for a little bit, and that was pretty much a failure, he kind of said. He was kind of being nice, but it didn't, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But – even if he didn't say that, my opinion would stay the same. I don't even think he makes the 53-man roster. It's going to be hard to cut him, you know, Urban Meyer for him to cut him. But yeah. I, I just don't think there's any way that he comes in and makes the roster spot. I think it's, you know, all for publicity. You know, I, I like it because people are looking at the Jaguars more, but that's it. Uh, it's a waste of time. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't stunt my guy T-Law's uh, development. And I he's not going to make the roster. I just feel like, you know, we don't, our tight end group is probably our worst group. Our team, I'd say, maybe secondary got changed up a little bit, but like James O'Shaughnessy is way, way better than him. He's our best tight end right now. So I just think there's no shot he makes it, and it's pretty disrespectful, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. for him to just, you know, switch positions, go from football to baseball, back to football, switch another position he's never played and be like, oh, I can make the team. But yeah, We'll see very soon. If he makes a team, if he makes a 53-man roster, I'll be shocked. And I saw people in the chat, uh, off the ball network chat, talking about he might catch five TDs this year. There's no, <laughs> there's no way if he plays, he might. I mean, obviously, he won't just be a blocker because I don't even think he's yeah, that. Was, I don't even think he block. Like I know he's a big dude, but them trenches is a different level in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, n- no, no, I don't even <laughs> know why I dragged this out so long. Um, he's not gonna make the roster. If he does, y'all can say whatever y'all want, and I'll, I'll be surprised. You know, I'll take the. I'll take the backlash I get if he makes a team and he produces, but I really like, I'm not even being a hater. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> I'd love for him to help us out. If What if he like, if he did something crazy and put up like a, a Pro Bowl type season, but that's not. Yeah. I'm, I'm done talking about it, really. I'm tired of seeing him. My dad sent me the picture of him. Uh, <laughs> with Adam Schefter talking about he's at the top of the sales for jerseys. It's just crazy. Yeah. That's what I say. That's, that's the crazy part. I think he, he might be number one. He didn't play it down. He didn't even make yeah. the team yet. And now he's buying his jersey. But they love everybody loves Tebow for some yeah. reason. I, yeah. Yeah. I say it's just that that good, clean boy look that they said, that, that church boy. Um, that church boy persona that he, that he puts on, but um, yeah, it's 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 funny to me. Obviously, I loved him at with his time in uh as a Florida Gator because he brought us some national championships. But you know, I don't know. I just I didn't think this would be something that would happen. You know, when, when the the news started coming out, it was a possibility that they may sign him. I was like, there's no way, no. you know, they just trying to connect things because it's the offseason. People were bored that Urban Meyer to Tim Tebow connection. But it say it happened, and video servicing, picture servicing, the jerseys are put out. It's honestly crazy to see, but I, I don't, I don't think he makes a fifty-three man roster either. If he does, he got to be the very last. He's probably there for leadership, and got to be like very the fifty-third man. But all the memes and stuff that people were putting out is hilarious to me. Like I forgot who it was, but it was some player that quoted it and was like. Tell bro, he don't have to put his gloves on for like another hour or two, and he kept. Yeah, he was gonna yeah. do that. Yeah, they, they, uh, with their natural hands, that's very true. Exactly, and then 
um I forgot what it was. I think it was the video where he, he was trying to hype up the players. He came out out of nowhere from the back and then like bust through some some guys. And it was like Trevor Lawrence, like about to give the pregame speech, but then they said TT go coming out of nowhere. He started, you know, doing his little rant they did at Florida. So that's pretty funny to see, like I said. But all in all, I, I think it's just for jokes and gimmicks right now. Slow offseason connections. I, I don't I for your team's sake, I hope we don't make the 53 man roster because I'm pretty sure they're that 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 extra spot could be viable, especially if it's a tight end spot that y'all need. Like, it, it, I can find somebody else. There's gonna be somebody else that's out there that, like I said, it's a natural, a nat- more natural tight end and plays that position more so than I don't know. It, it's weird to me, but maybe they maybe they'll see something in camp that we don't, and maybe he'll produce like you said, and we'll probably both have to eat our words. But I just can't see it right now. There's just no right. Next, something or nothing. Julio Jones being traded. Something that like I said, now I got to hit on your team, got to hit on my team. I've been seeing it too often this whole week. Every single day I wake up, it's a new Bleach Report talking about traction coming. They're going to trade him, all this and that. I personally, I don't know. I think I think Arthur Smith went on. The, I don't know if he wants on a show or radio maybe a day or two ago, but he said it's not coming from him or Terry Fontenot. Saw that. Know, I saw that. Yeah, I was like, I think it's, it's really just – it's obviously teams have an agenda. They may obviously they may need a wide receiver and uh you know wide receiver Julio Jones caliber, a superstar in this league, a proven guy, um, you know, to help out either a young quarterback or a struggling offense or an offense that's just lost a big receiver. So I personally don't think he's going anywhere because I there's other there's ways to make the money work and it's ways that make sense for the team in you know in the future but also in the present to make it uh, work as well to where we don't have to have to trade him um we can extend grady jared he's still pretty young um or we can move around his contract or honestly if julio jones i don't know if they've even approached him about it but just because his money's already guaranteed so just transferring it into like a, a signing bonus versus you know how it's labeled out right now with the cap space situation and everything so there's ways to to get it done to where we don't have to trade them. So that's why I personally, and I personally think they want to see this, you know, what we hope to be an explosive offense, at least one year um, under Arthur Smith in this new regime. So, and it just kind of, you know, hard to take away the quarterbacks, even though Calvin really has been pretty good his, his first three years in the league, you know, it'd be pretty tough on Matt to take away his number one, you know, receiver that he's had for what, nine, 10 years um, in a new offensive system, um, even with adding Kyle Pitts and everything. So, what do you think? I personally, like I said, something or nothing. I think it's nothing. I don't think he's being traded. I think, like he's, like they've been saying, teams have an agenda. They may want to um, call about him, see if they can field a trade, but I don't think it's going to happen. What do you think? For me, it's, it's, I think it's hard because I'm in between. I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, anything can happen mm-hmm. uh, to save money. Teams are going to do what's best for the team. But I think it's I think it's nothing, especially after seeing that post by your GM. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones, man, he's he's going to Canton. We all know that for sure. Uh, he's been the Falcons' best receiver in franchise history, most yards per game in NFL history, averaging as a receiver. I know he's thirty-two. He has a lot of nagging injuries, but when mm-hmm. Julio's healthy, man, you can't you can't really name too many guys over him. He was all he's he's been in my top three for the longest. Uh, when yeah. healthy. So I just I think I think it's nothing after seeing that. Just a lot of trade rumors. I know his cap hit is fifteen point three. I think this year. Something like yeah. that. Uh, that's yeah. a decent amount of money. And I know because I play Madden a lot, uh, the Falcons are cap strapped. I play franchise mode. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's tough, but you can't let a guy like Julio go. I know, in my opinion, Calvin Ridley's the number one. Arthur Smith's going to utilize Kyle Pitts 
better than maybe not better than anybody. Shanahan and Andy Reid probably do better, but Arthur mm-hmm. Smith gets the best out of his tight end. So, like, you just got to envision what the offense is going to look like. Why would you – I understand you want to save money, but I'd at least give it one more year with Julio, like at least mm-hmm. one more year. Him, two, you got two number ones, a dynamic tight end, a veteran quarterback. I think he's losing a little bit of arm strength, a little bit, but not too crazy to where he still can't make most of the throws. So, I, I think it's nothing, man. You can't – Julio is too much of a dog. He's a Mount Rushmore Falcon player. I don't know how you feel about that. I think he's, I think he's top yeah. five. Uh, yeah, what I can remember. And yeah, you just can't. If it were me as a Falcon fan, I'd be so mad if they let go of Julio. I understand some people, are, some you know, not very smart Falcons fan. They just watch the games on Sunday. They don't really know too much mm-hmm. about the team. They're like, why uh, are they going to trade Julio but not Matt Ryan? Nobody's taking Matt Ryan's cap hit. And Matt Ryan yeah. <laughs> is not the player that Julio is. Uh, yeah. You know, he's older. That cap hit is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no way you can get trade value out of Julio. So I, I understand that the Falcons are thinking about it, why they're thinking about it. But mm. you just, that that type of guy, you can't let walk. Um, yeah. And then I don't think at 32, would you get a first-round pick for him? The There's a lot of people saying like I, the 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 highest I've seen some people say like we may just get like a fourth. And I was like, and if, and if that's the case, you better hold. <laughs> you better not yeah, like, but I say it's really no point. Like like especially the you know I know we have a new regime and they actually did decent this this first draft um this this first round of you know them being here in the draft. But our track record for you know honestly picking anything fourth and higher besides Grady Jarrett hasn't been the best. So I, I wouldn't even take that chance. Plus, like like you're saying, I don't know. Obviously, like them extending Matt's contract the way they did it, like there's no like there's there that was solidified that he's staying here. So my whole thing is like it was either you need to tear it down or you need to keep it how it is. Like, you know, keep your two stars together because that you can't halfway rebuild. Like you can't trade one valuable piece away for probably would it would seem like it'd be nothing and then keep it you know an aging quarterback that has the, the higher cap hit um for another two three years and you know just kind of be halfway in the middle like you either tear it all down or you just like you said you you go full throttle with it this year and keep everybody together and make the money work somehow because all in all i know 2023 is when we're really supposed to see like an uprising because of the tv deal and with the cap space, but next year more than likely is probably going to go more so back to normal anyway. Being that stadium is going to open back up, new TV deal, like everything. Just obviously, COVID was the real reason. Like we had such a drastic change in the cap space. So I don't know. I feel like it all could be worked around to where it could be kept together this year because you're going to be looking looking pretty shitty. You trade them for four fifth round picks for next year, and then he goes and balls out at an, another team for another two three four years so I, I just don't see i don't see the reason to keep one extend this contract the way you do because i mean I, all in all it is harder to have a franchise court or keep have like i said find quarterbacks and keep a franchise quarterback um because you no know, they don't just come a dime a dozen like we can probably name even though they are getting better each and every year like you probably can name like 10 to 12 that's like solid like all right i can trust this guy that's the franchise quarterback and i really have no other issues outside of them like so that's why Matt Ryan, I feel like that's the reason, of course, they kept him off squeezing him. Feels like he's a franchise quarterback and he can he has a lot left to prove and a lot left in the tank to carry this team to where they can possibly be carried to. But like I say, I, I just don't like the halfway thing. Like you, you either you keep them both or you trade them both or got rid of them both or cut them both, whatever the case may be. So 
that's just how I feel about it. I feel like they there's really no reason to trade them. Like keep them, okay. keep them at least for at least one year. Like at least this year. Like I say, if the in, nagging injuries still still are there, production is not really there, which I highly highly doubt it. And you know, you feel like you can move on. Calvin Ridley and Kyle, and Kyle Pitt show you something this year to where you can go in with uh you know go into the following year with these two weapons and do so. But like you you have you you. Base, you drafted Kyle Pitts to add on to the weapons that Matt Ryan could throw to, and what what better what better way to like I said to keep them all together, but have an explosive offense, basically forcing teams to go man, and more than likely, I don't I don't bet that there's any team that has the coverage guys that can guard both or all four of Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley man to man. I I just don't I don't know what NFL team has that type of DB coverage, but I couldn't name one. So just keep them. Just keep them. That's all. That's all. So I feel like it's nothing. I feel like it's something just because of the money situation. But I feel like they can make it work. There's like two, three ways they can make it work. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm in between. And when when healthy, he literally averages the most yards per game. Actually, so yeah, like ninety five, like yeah, 94, 95, something like that. So yeah. that's all it is. He needs to cut that little rat tail or shang or whatever. That is. I feel like he has so far. I don't know what that was. I think I don't, it's I don't, a Texas I don't really, thing. I, yeah. I I know the dude from Texas was on my team like two years ago. He was like, yeah, this that's the swag or whatever. That's the you know the new wave. I was like, no, it's not. It's not. I'm about saying it ugly as hell. I remember when I was first seen, I was like, I kept just, I, it, it took me a few weeks to realize I was like, is that like a braid on the back of his? I didn't know what it was. And I didn't realize like he had his hair cut under it. But you know, Julio does his own thing, he got his own <laughs> swag. I, I, that's another reason why I like him. He kind of keeps to himself. That's what he, yeah, no, nah, that that that's not it. But I think it's been gone. I feel like he got his his dreads back or something. He got twisted back now. And if he leave, if he gets traded, I think he might go to the. Of course, you heard the rumors about the Pats. I could see the Ravens picking him up. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would want to go to the Ravens. And then maybe the Titans. Even though I I pray that doesn't happen with him and him, Derrick Henry on the same offense, that'd be kind of scary. So let's just hope he stays put. Uh no. You already have enough. <laughs> yeah, your dad. I mean. No, it just don't even make no sense because it'd be a waste of Julio Jones' talent. Daniel Jones not even gonna be able to hit Kenny Galladay and the other boys he got over there. Daniel Jones. I, I think Danny Dimes is, but we'll see. I don't know. That was, this year is gonna prove it to me. I think what's yeah. this? This year three. And that's what you said. You said with quarterbacks, you can typically tell by year three if they're gonna be, um, you know, if they're yeah, gonna I be a so- solid guy in the league or not. And I feel like this year for him is no excuses. Like last year, he had a bunch of guys that was in and out of the lineup, no real consistent. Um, you know, receivers and his offensive line still wasn't the greatest, but this year I feel like they've upgraded as a whole. I think the team's a lot better, and, and I don't know how we just made this a Daniel Jones conversation. I'm not entertaining this. No, no, my fault. We're gonna we're gonna move on. Next thing that we're gonna talk about, still something or nothing. Uh, LeBron James not getting suspended, but Nate McMillan getting fined. Pretty much proven Nate McMillan's points right even though they kind of took his words out of context you know I, i'm pretty sure you saw or heard but name miller was just talking about the the nba um you know wanting this for the knicks like the nba is always you know better when the knicks are playing well and you know in, in the national media national spotlight so he's pretty much just saying or telling his guys like you know this is what the nba wants they want this so we're gonna have to come out and play like he wasn't i guess what for but from that they took that he was showing bias or saying that the nba is showing bias to the knicks so he got fined twenty five thousand, and then like a day or two later uh lebron james you know got found not got found out but you know was out for a promotional event with some guys um and obviously with COVID going on still the the league rules 
where you know pretty much you can't be doing that um but all in all he wasn't suspended uh, or fined at all so just uh something or nothing uh, a lot of people have already had opinions on this but saying you know i think charles barkley said you know nba doesn't have the balls to suspend lebron james um somebody else said something about uh you know lebron james running the league even though we've known this for for forever but do you think it's something or nothing that lebron james was not suspended or fined but they find nate mcmillan and you know, kind of proving what he said to be true uh, I think it's a little bit of nothing. The Nate McMillan thing is kind of wild to me. I don't really know why he got fined. I didn't even look too much into the situation, but like, I just, those, you getting fined for those comments, it's kind of, I don't know, even know if Petty's the right word. It was just kind of dumb to me. Uh, but the LeBron thing is nothing. I think we knew this. Like, LeBron runs the league. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's all about money. Having LeBron out for the playoffs. I mean, I'm pretty sure people still going to watch the Lakers, but people tuned in trying to see a guy in year 17 or 18. I can't remember. But, uh, LeBron, this is nothing. I knew, like, I really wasn't even surprised. I laughed when I saw the post and I posted it in the chat. I kind of laughed about it a little bit because I knew, like, they were going to find a way. Uh, he didn't break protocol, but how do you know all these people are vaccinated? You know, mm-hmm. um, I know he's not vaccinated. He said, I think yeah. he's still, so he's not uh, taking it yet. So, but it's, but it's LeBron. He, he gets mm-hmm. what he wants. That's my favorite player. So I can't really say too much. Um, but it's nothing. I think we really all knew this. Did we really expect him to be? If he missed ten to fourteen games, that's potentially the whole series. So yeah, that would have been crazy. That that was when I saw it at first. I was a little scared, but then I thought about it. I'm like, nah, they're gonna figure out a way. Get bronze, keep him up in there. No, nah, not too surprised. His response to my dad. I mean, it's true. Like they do though, because I don't even know if y'all have seen. It. I don't know if you have seen it. That like the they had like they took like uh, journalists and other national uh, analysts analysts. Um, like a poll basically like who's gonna win the series and everybody picked the Knicks. They two people picked the Hawks and it was like 14 to 2. So it was like it's been proven, it continued to be proven each and every or all these days leading up to today that the league does want you to lose. So I mean, obviously I think for him, you just kind of telling them that to kind of you know put a chip on their shoulder, let them know, like just to put some put a fire under their tail, come out and be ready to play. Especially being that they're gonna be playing the first two games in New York. New York really ain't had no fans all year, but somehow they're well before I think yesterday because I think now uh, now Atlanta is going to be allowing uh, full capacity at State Farm yeah, Arena. Right. Uh, I think the Knicks had the highest uh, capacity allowed for the for the playoffs, or it was in the top of top of the league, something like that. But I think they're having around like fifteen k. Um, but all in all, you say that's not the league. I mean, personally, I think. It's like those are representatives of the league. Like it's people that cover the league. So I feel like there's a lot. I feel like it's a lot of people that obviously, like I said, Knicks basketball and Knicks are playing well. The NBA is doing well. Everybody loves when the Knicks are Knicks are successful. So, I mean, I think personally, I don't know if it's like I said, the league that wants them to lose, but it's a lot of people that cover the league. There's a lot of former players. There's a lot of people that are pitting the, you know, the Knicks against the Hawks, obviously. And I don't think the I don't think the Hawks have the Hawks haven't been getting much love in the media at all this whole year. Um, even being the the, the different trials and tribulations we had to go through as well. But they sure as that I haven't seen or heard anything about really this series outside the Knicks um leading up to today anyway. So I mean I I think his words are kind of taken out of context. I feel like what he was saying was just kind of to, to put a fire under um, you know, our guys, especially a young Hawks team, even though we got a lot of veterans as well, but a young Hawks team um, to just be ready to play on Sunday. So I personally said, I tweeted, I said they either need to, to suspend LeBron a game or they need to 
give Nate McMillan his 25k back. Like that's how I feel about it. It's like you can't you can't find him and then literally show like show what he was saying, some type of bias, even though he wasn't really saying it was biased, but some type of bias to LeBron, even though we do know he runs the league. It's like you just gotta give him his money back. You can't find him 25k. That's not fair. But that's just what I think. Either suspend him or give him his 25k back, or do both. Like because like I said, you're literally proving him right. But it's whatever. Could have said the league wants to take down, wants you to take down the big market team. They don't want them to. That's what I'm saying. They don't want you to take down the big market team. Or even if you said that, I feel like he, they probably would have still found a way to find them. I think no matter what words he used, if he was talking about this series, I think they don't find them regardless. That's just how I feel about it. I mean, all in all, it's not going to matter because we're going to be in round two, the playoffs anyway, more than likely facing. 76ers um so it's whatever it's just, it's just a small bump in the road we'll get his 25k back so it's all good right i think that does it for something that does it for something or nothing we're gonna move on to our next uh next little segment uh kind of want to talk about uh scotty henderson but put a little bit of uh or scott henderson scoot henderson i don't know why i call him scott scoot henderson. Remember the dreams that that you um you had you 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 could you do you you want you you could do so you you do you could you you want you want him to do you so much you could do anything. So our question of the day is: Scoot Henderson signed a, uh, I believe he's guaranteed one million dollar deal to sign with the G League, um, the Ignite team. Uh, we saw this past year a few guys went over there, um, played I believe Jalen Green, um, Kaminga. I'd be saying his last name wrong, but a few guys that were high prospect uh, guys to to pretty much go and play in college, they decided to skip o- skip over and go um, play in the G League. So we know this is going to be a a trend that we see quite more often. Um, seeing guys uh, not go to college and play in the G League because they're getting paid and they also still get to um, take classes and go to school and get a degree. So um, I always thought that was a win win in my book. The only thing is, I guess my question specifically pertaining to scoot is he's skipping out his whole senior year you know these other guys didn't do that but he's skipping out on his whole senior year in order to do this so would you skip out on your senior year that given you know how our senior year went would you skip out on your senior year in order to to go pro or would you still you know play that senior year and then i mean because he still could go go pro play with ignite but not have to skip out on his senior year so what would you do it's kind of a hard question because football and basketball, you know, it's kind of like there's no yeah. alternative league where you can go and get paid. You have to go to college and you have to go for at least three years. So mm-hmm. it'd be tough. But if I was, it's kind of hard. Like the question you asked, if there was an alternative program and I was a, a five star and a top, a top three at my position in the nation, and I, we were at Duluth, I, for one, I probably would have transferred for sure. I already wanted to transfer, <laughs> but I wanted to, you know, stick it out with my brothers. But mm-hmm. if I was ranked that high like Scoot was and there was a money opportunity like that, like a million guaranteed for one year, and you know how mm-hmm. that is in football, you can be hurt at any moment. So a million guaranteed at that young of age at 16, uh, I'm taking it. You know, mm-hmm. it, I, it was a little shock because as a kid, like when you look back, you'll probably be like, oh, I want to enjoy that time because, you know, it's nothing like those Friday night lights kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. So especially in football and those basketball crowds are lit in Georgia. So, you know, maybe you don't know what his financial situation is at home. Uh, parents might be struggling and wants to feed the fam early, but you know, they're out here, the NCAA better get it together and start paying these athletes. So they're going to start losing a lot of their top guys. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't beat a million guaranteed at 16. You know, at 16, we were probably all watching videos of houses and stuff. You know, imagine being rich and a million dollars guaranteed uh, is something you really can't pass up on. So I, 
I commend the kid for doing it. Uh, he's had a great career at Carroll. Like I said, I saw him play as a freshman, and I'm not very, very surprised. Didn't know he was going to turn into this, but mm-hmm. I'm not very surprised. Uh, very, you know, he, he's already he's stronger than you think already, and very explosive guard. So I I wish him the best, and I I commend him for making this move. He's the first to do it. So if he's successful yeah. doing it, people are going to follow his path. They might not even stay on for years. Yeah, I uh, I've seen him play a few games in a circuit. Uh, believe with game elite so like you said he, he is an explosive kid um like i said has all has all the tools the the one thing is like i said with, with this i guess with this specific situation like i don't know like obviously with football there is no alternative but a lot of the basketball guys you we even heard it what last year two years ago whatever mikey williams he was saying he's not gonna go to his prom or whatever it's like like, no, like, like, yeah, like just like if you can just go in and enjoy that. Like that's the type of stuff you, you'll probably remember, you know, later on down the road. Like I said, especially if you go or doing it with you know guys that are gonna be in your circle, be around your camp for a while. But you know, I know a lot of these guys, which is like I said, I guess it's good and bad. A lot of them have that like that 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 narrow path focus to where they're worried about playing ball and they, they want to get to the league. And I know this is one of those guys, but I don't know. Just to skip out on a whole senior year. It's crazy, but all in all, I guess for him, it's not going to matter too much because his whole his whole um goal is to make it to pro. So he feels like it, the you know, playing with Ignite is the, the best way to do so, and you're getting paid while doing it. Like I said, still still getting schooling, still getting all the perks of being in the NCAA in, in a sense. Like I said, I know you don't really get that full national you know media scale, even though a lot of the games were played, I believe, on ESPN and ESPN two. Uh, you can still catch the games and watch them. They still have crowds and everything, or will have crowds, you know, in the upcoming year. Um, this past year was with COVID. I don't think they allowed people to watch. But um, all in all, like I said, I don't know. This is, this is the skipping out on the whole senior year when you can still do that and go pro. Yeah, that's just what I'm thinking about. But I mean, like I said, it maybe. Yeah, you Maybe never know. Might like just give him more time. Like I said, he probably, I don't know if he's gonna get homeschooled or what, but like you gotta graduate high school some way somehow but maybe being homeschooled he'll just be able to focus a little bit more or maybe he's graduated early i'm not too sure but he'll be able to focus a little bit more on his you know overall goal and on um like i said you know shout out to him um i think i was talking yeah. to my program director i know he said he, he's known uh just like you said it was a shock he's known i think his parents and him for for a while and he didn't know he didn't think he'd make this decision but you know maybe it's the best one for him and it'll put him on the right path to get where he wants to be. So congrats to him. And like yeah, said, million, yeah. millions a lot. Like I, said, I think we've had this question before on here, but what would you do if you just got a million dollars at the raw age of 17? I don't, I don't know. Uh, probably my parents would probably step in. So I didn't go broke immediately. Cause it's a lot. Of, I know it's probably a lot of thoughts running through his mind. Like what can I do with a million? Mm-hmm. But, uh, Pretty sure he's gonna have the right guidance and stuff, and do everything the right way. I'm pretty sure there was a lot of thought behind this decision too. So hopefully, I, w- I wish the best for him, especially being a Georgia kid. Yeah, we always got to show love to the Georgia kids. So I got a question though: Does he have to stay for two years in the G League? Yeah, or can he go to pro? Can he go pro next year? That's a good question. I feel like because I think of the thing is just the one one year rule. Like you just have to, you have to, or no, he has to be 18 too. I think. But I mean, he'll be 18 next year. So I mean, yeah. I think he might only have to play that one year. So well, I think that's it. Yeah, I think he just have to play that one year, and he should be good. So, I guess we'll be seeing, possibly seeing Millie sooner than later. But I guess also the question: Does he get like if he needs to stay or wants to stay? You know how like with certain college uh, recruits, you know if they they stay a year, like 
I guess like these one and done kids that are supposed to stay a year, but they don't because their draft stock probably isn't where it's supposed to be because they didn't have a great year. If they can stay a year, I'm pretty sure you can stay another year if you wanted to. So he might have to do two. Mike can do two and then go go pro. But I think all he has to do is one and then be 18 and he should be fine. But next thing we want to hit on, of course, NBA playoffs started. We weren't able to get our prediction in, um, you know, before they started. Yesterday we had some games. You know, everything says zero 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 and to be determined, but. Um, Miami's down one, so Milwaukee won theirs, Brooklyn won, Denver uh, lost, Portland won, uh, and then Dallas won as well. So today I know we have a slate of games. Wizards um, just playing the 76ers. I didn't even check the score. I didn't even watch that game. I'm just uh, – It was t- It was not to cut you off real quick, but the Wizards no. were up at halftime. I'm pretty sure the Sixers got it together. But yeah. Halftime, they were up. Okay, that's what I was about to say. I wasn't going to watch that one because I feel Philly was going to handle their business. But that one could be a pretty good series. I might end up watching later on. But um, today, of course, got Philly, my Hawks playing, my Knicks. My dad's still watching. I'm pretty sure he'll have something to say about it in a second. Um, uh, Phoenix and the Lakers about to come on. And then also Utah and Memphis will finish up the day. So uh, I guess before we get into this, I know we didn't get to even talk about the play-in games and play-in tournaments. So what did you think about both those? I think the play-in tournament is here to stay. Uh, it draws a lot of viewers to – well, not to – okay, on the Western Conference side, two great games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were there were three games total, but, you know, both Warriors games were good. I didn't watch mm-hmm. the Grizzlies and uh, – geez, who did play? The Grizzlies and uh, Spurs. I didn't watch that game, but I watched yeah, the Warriors and Lakers. And then the Warriors – I mean, the Warriors and Grizzlies. Those were both two great games. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably made a lot of money off those playing games, especially the Lakers game. So I think that's here to stay. You know, the NBA, all the professional sports is a business, and anything that brings in money is here to stay. So I think it was a success. You know, whether people like it or not, but it brought in. I know it brought in a lot of viewers. The Eastern Conference side was a little boring with the Pacers and the Hornets, and then the uh, Boston and the Wizards. But and I didn't watch the Wizards play the Pacers either. But you know, the other side was very entertaining. Though. I think it's here to stay. Yeah, I think so as well, because they already, I think, got a notification. They're already trying to field teams and the players and everything about possibly doing you know, that little midseason tournament that they've been yeah, talking about for a few years. Yeah, I don't know about that either, honestly. I, I'm i not too, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But the play-in tournament, I, I enjoyed it. Like you said, even though the Eastern Conference side, it wasn't really entertaining. The Pacers blew out the Hornets and then, <clears throat> um, what you call it, Boston handled the Wizards pretty handily because – uh, Russell and uh, Bill had a pretty off day, and then you know Russell and Bill handled handled the Pacers. I think beat them by like thirty or something like that. So not, on the Eastern Conference side, nothing was really close. It wasn't that good. I do know the Grizzlies and Spurs game was pretty close. It, it was good as well. I think they only pulled it out by like four. And then, like you said, the Warriors Lakers was really good. LeBron hitting that you know the clutch shot um, with like a minute left, and then even the Warriors having a chance to win it down the stretch, but kind of fumbling away. Well, tied it to going to overtime, but then fumbled uh, fumbled the game away um, in OT. Memphis pretty much was just too much for them. So, what's the conference size? It, it was a really good, <clears throat> really good playing tournament. I think it's here to stay. Like you said, it definitely brings in more money, brings in more competition, heats up the uh, the playoffs, and also kind of uh, you know it's like a, a good segue, I guess, into the playoffs because they like say you got the the bottom of the guys that's able to even um, that's. <clears throat> able to even compete for the uh, the last few spots, having to, to fight the way they do. So I think it was pretty good. Um, I don't know. I think I would have rather seen Golden State versus Utah than Memphis versus Utah. But I don't know. I think it, 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 it fell into place the way it was supposed to. And like I said, I think we have 
pretty good series on our hand in the in the first round um given just yesterday because we've had i don't really want to count them as upsets dallas is a very capable team of being the clippers in a series they're really good um you know luca and you know his supporting cast um and then denver portland that's going to be a good one as well especially with uh unfortunately denver not being at full strength with jamal murray being out but all in all, there's some really good series uh, this first round. Like I said, there's already teams that's won their first game. For me, it didn't affect my predictions too, too much. But um, I'll let you go first and kind of go through the first round. Um, and I'll just kind of say the teams yeah. and then predict uh, how many games they'll win and who will win. So we'll start at the top and just kind of work our way around. But Utah and Memphis, like I said, they finish out the games for the day. But how many games do you think this series gets done in and who do you think wins this series? Okay, I got them all written down. I have the Jazz in six. I think the Grizzlies, I mean, it could be, this one could be five easily, but I, I would like to see game one before I kind of give a real prediction. Mm-hmm. But uh, I could see Memphis still in the game or two. They haven't been to the playoffs in a while. And I, I don't know if you remember back when Zach Randolph was there. Uh, their playoff atmosphere was pretty good, and they, mm-hmm. they were a competitive team. So I could see them getting a game or two at home potentially, but I could easily see a uh, 4-1 series. Yeah, I um. Hopefully they will get healthy. Um, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure they should. So one of them should be playing. One of the two, Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell, uh, today. But they're healthy. I see this maybe being four one. Honestly, Utah's just been on a tear all year. Quinn Snyder has this team playing really great basketball, and we've talk, I've talked about it before. But you know, even with guy like they're pretty much going in this year with the same team as last year. I think they maybe lost a, lost a guy um, or two, and then Donovich. Was, yeah, was, he was hurt last year. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, yeah, in the bubble he was. And then, like I said, it's really just been that scoring off the bench or scoring when guys are down, like Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkston, um, Joe Ingles have stepped up tremendously. So I think there'll be a little bit too much for Memphis. Honestly, seeing like I said, they're healthy, seeing it possibly be 4-1. But I can definitely see six games, like you said, just because Memphis, I got to see them when they played Atlanta and – like there's there's times where they're unstoppable. Like Grayson Allen's hitting threes, Dylan Brooks is locking up the best guard on the other side, and also scoring Jaws a lot to handle. And he can he's taking on that obviously that leadership role of being the franchise guys and closing games. And like I said, they just have a they have a nice little young roster, so I can definitely see them possibly stealing two games. Um, but like I said, if, if healthy, I'm just going four one with uh, Utah. Um, next Clippers in Dallas. Who you got? Like I said, Dallas already won the first game yesterday, one by ten. Pretty good game, um, but who do you got winning the series? I got Clippers in seven. I think this series is going to go back and forth. Last year, I think it was Clippers in six, but uh, the Mavs are a handful. Porzingis didn't even have his best game. He only had 14 points. Mm-hmm. Luka and Tim Hardaway pretty much carried them uh, for the most part. So if they can get con- more contribution from Porzingis, I think this can go seven games. I think the Clippers need a, a third score as well. They can't like, you know, PG and for the most part, for the most part, PG and uh, Kawhi are going to hold their own. At maybe give you like 50 points at least between those two, but they got to get a third score. Maybe Reggie Jackson or Ibaka to step up to the plate. So I could just see the series going seven games. Luca's a handful, man. They throw everybody at him, mm-hmm. and they they can't stop him. So uh, I could see this series going down to the wire. But I think the Clippers will prevail with it. Yeah, this this uh this matchup might have the most playoff most implications of what happens next year. Like we said, we we know Kawhi really hasn't given a, a definite whether he's going to return to the Clippers or not. Um, but the Clippers did give up a lot to acquire both these guys. So, especially PG. Uh, yeah, that's what I say. A first round exit could be very detrimental to this organization as a whole. So, 
But I do see Dallas very being very capable of pulling out this series. And honestly, because I think Kawhi, I think uh, uh, this first first game, I think somebody tweeted he said last time Kawhi lost the first game of the first round or whatever. He they went on to win the championship, of course, with Toronto. But I don't know. Circumstances I feel like are different this year. You say if KP steps up for Dallas, I can I can honestly see them winning this series. I had them. I had them still losing the series in seven games, four three to the Clippers, just because Clippers had that home court advantage. And I think, I think the Clippers would be able to still win, of course, in Dallas. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas is able to pull out this series. Like I said, Luca's generational talent; he's a star. The guys around him are re- very, very solid. They can shoot. They can get to the basket. They play solid defense. Like I said, it's really just that missing piece. They need KP to step up, um, to be honest. And, and, and if he's able to do that, take advantage of his matchups, because Clippers don't really have no big that can really like guard him like that. I mean, they would th- probably throw Ibaka at him. Zubak, I don't Zubak a little bit, but other than that, like I said, if if he if he plays a way that we like we figure he's capable of playing, I feel like that's the that's the that's the mismatch right there. So I don't know. I think Clippers still win in seven, but Dallas, I wouldn't be surprised if they do win. Um, let's see. Next, Denver and Portland. Like I said, Portland took the game last night pretty convincingly. It got close at times, but you know, Portland was able to pull it out with their hot shooting. I think they hit like 19 threes, something like that, franchise rec- record. So who do you got winning this series? Um, I'm going to go. I, I don't think there's too much of a surprising pick. I haven't listened to what the basketball experts have said for the most part, but I'm going with the Blazers and six. I think uh, – Jamal Murray being out is going to hurt them. You know, and Michael Porter Jr. has played well this year. He stepped up for sure. Him uh, Last night, uh, what, what did they do? I think they – oh, yeah, uh, Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., and Jokic combined for 75 points, but it still wasn't enough. Uh, Damon CJ played their game like they always do. And then Simons, uh, Anthony Simons and uh, Carmelo, Anthony Simons, uh, they combined for 32 off the bench. So, you know, getting a little contribution from those two will be – Will help out, and I just don't think that I don't think the I, the the guard play that the Nuggets are getting is not going to be enough to keep up with Damon CJ, and I just feel like they're going to step up. The Blazers have been one of the hottest teams. I really like while the Clippers might have been avoiding the Lakers, I don't think they wanted to play the Blazers either. I think Damon yeah. CJ going to you know play their game, be unstoppable for the most part, and Carmelo's a little motivated playing in Denver, and you know them booing him and stuff. So I, I feel like. They're going to get the best of the uh, the Nuggets in six games. And, you know, like they said yesterday, um, Jokic got his, but it took away his playmaking. So if, if Jokic goes off for 30 or 40, but, you know, the people around him aren't scoring like that, I, that's fine. Because I don't know when the last time we've seen Jokic have one assist in the game. Yeah, 16 rebounds. Be on yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, sounds like Portland has a game plan. Coach Terry Stotts is fighting for his job. Because I've heard some rumors mm-hmm. he might get fired. So I think they're going to play hard for him because they like him as a coach. I think Dame and CJ like him. So they're going to play hard for their guy. And I think they pull this one out in six. But it won't be too much of an upset. Because with Jamal Murray, I think it's still a good series. Because I remember, I think it was a couple years ago, they went seven. But uh, mm-hmm. I think Dame and CJ are a little bit too much for the for the guards. Because Denver had to start Austin Rivers at point guard. So, you know, that's not <laughs> what they really wanted to do. Not, not throwing a shot at him, just saying. That's yeah. not. They're kind of. They're thin at the guard position. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like I say, they they got <clears throat> what Monte Morris, Rivers. They got this one guy. I forgot his name, but came off the bench. He's a rookie. Um, Number seven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I yeah. Can't say that. yeah. He, um. Oh no, you talking about Capazzo? Nah. Um. He's pretty. He's decent as well. But it's it's. Uh, I think he's like double zero. I forgot, but I think he played like a mid 
mid-major school, but he's a rookie. But he was scoring pretty well last night for them. But like you said, they, their guard play isn't going to be able to keep up with uh, CJ and Dame at all. Like I said, the biggest thing, and you, you hit on it, was they took away Jokic's playmaking. If they're able to do that the rest of the series, like I, I think Denver's in, Denver's in trouble. Um, because like I said, you don't really have that other guard that can play because that's your point center. Like outside your mom, worry like, and you can even it's not even an argument. Jokic is their playmaker. Jamal Murray was their secondary playmaker. So. You know, if you're able to take away his playmaking, like you said, he can score in bunches, but if no one else is scoring around him and you keep everyone else at bay, that's fine. But the one thing for Portland, they're going to have to – defensively, they're going to have to con- – because that's their weakness as a team. They're going to have to continue to, you know, dig deep in and stop these guys and continue to take away Jokic's playmaking because if not, then just like I'm saying, it's Denver's in trouble, Portland can be in trouble because if Jokic gets his and, they get everybody, and everybody else around him gets theirs, Michael Porter steps up like he did. Like Michael Porter was up. You know, he scored in bunches as well last night, but, you know, so that's two guys, um, you know, doing that. And Portland could match you for points. Like you said, you got Carmelo, you got CJ, you got Dame, you got Simons, you know, adding to points too. Covington, like they got guys that can put the ball in the hoop too. So it's like for them, they just have to worry about continuing to keep Denver at bay defensively and continue to take away Jokic's playmaking. If they do that, I had them as well in this series just because of the Jamal Murray factor and, you know, the guards really probably not being able to keep up with CJ and Dame. So I think I got this one going seven because I'm I'm going to give a little bit. Not I mean, it's not really giving respect, but I believe Jokic can be and will be the difference maker in close games. Maybe in like one or one or two of these games, he'll be the difference maker, like a clutch play or a clutch shot um, just because I think he's the presumptuous MVP for this year. And because if Michael Porter continues to play the way he did last night, then they can they can rob a game or two. So I think it goes to seven, but I still got Portland taking this one just because that that the way they're able to put the ball in the hoop. So Phoenix Lakers, I know this one just kicked off now. Um, I know this is one a lot of people want to watch as well. Um, we'll be feeling, but Phoenix Lakers, who do you got? This is an easy one. Lakers and six, I think. CP3 has done a great job. The only difference between the Phoenix team from this year and last year is him. They end up with a number two seed. So his impact is crazy. Uh, and they've had a great run, but I'm sorry. They don't have, they just don't have enough experience for me. You know, Aiden and Bridges, they're nice young players. D Books, I think, a superstar. But, you know, I, I just don't. I don't think their the experience will be enough. Uh, LeBron and AD are getting back into form. I think they play down to their competition against the Warriors, and I feel like they'll they'll be ready to roll this playoff. Yeah. They got the restiness off. It might take a couple games, especially with LeBron, you know, moving laterally and being explosive as he usually is, even though his explosiveness is deteriorated over the years. But I just think they have too much, uh, too big, you know, LeBron, AD, Drummond. Shooter is going to be big. I think uh, Caldwell Pope's going to do a, a decent job on Devin Booker to slow him down just a little bit at times. And I think that's just going to be – it's going to be too overwhelming. The moment's going to be too much for the Suns. Um, mm-hmm. It could I, – I I wouldn't be cr- really, really surprised if it went seven, but I think that LeBron and them are going to take care of business and do it hopefully in dominating fashion. Um, but I, I have Lakers in six and then moving on to hopefully face uh, Portland. Excuse me. I, I, I think I got, I got the same number of games, same outcome. Um, Like you said, the one thing with the Lakers, they're going to have to, well, I think they can find it relatively quick, but they're going to have to, you know, find some chemistry. I know, you know, there's been a few additions here and there. Um, What's Austin saying? Denver can't score enough to hang with Portland, unfortunately. Yep. That's true. And then, 59-14 and Nuggets starting guards were outscored by Portland starters. That is pretty. That is a pretty big, you know, differential. Um, 
But yeah, like I said, I, Denver, I don't think he's going to be able to keep up with them, unfortunately. But Lakers and Phoenix wise, um, like I said, they're just going to have to, the Lakers, which I know it, it, it can be found relatively quickly, just going to have to find some type of chemistry because, uh, you know, LeBron and AD has been in and out of the lineup a lot this year. Um, Drummond hasn't gotten to play with um, LeBron as as much. Uh, Schroeder's been in and out with the uh, COVID protocols and everything. So that's pretty much the, the, the main thing, like you said, that, them finding some type of chemistry because like I said, they have the veteran, they have veteran guys that can that will come in and do what they have to do um against this young Phoenix team that I like all the pieces that they had. Like you said, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, the UNC guy, um, Chris Paul, the, the leader of that squad, and Devin Booker. Like they have a really, really good team, really solid team. And it's unfortunate Chris Paul has to face LeBron um after helping to carry this Phoenix team to the, the second uh spot in the West. But I think the Lakers, like I said, they end their business. LeBron loves playing against, you know, his friends. Uh, he knows kind of, like I said, the things to, to look out for and, to, and how to play them. So I think this one gets done in six, uh, unfortunately, for Chris Paul and, and the Suns. But, you know, kudos to them for even getting getting to this spot. Like I said, I think I had them maybe like sixth or seventh, like in the West when the season first started. And to be number two uh, in this type of season that we've had, it's incredible. So, you know, I know it's, we we I know they don't like to get pity awards, but you say that that's still something not to hang your hat on and you know to be proud of. But yeah, great, anyway, great like for them. Monty uh, Williams could get potentially coach of the year. Yeah, I gave it to Quinn Snyder, but I can definitely see how I say I wouldn't bat an eye over it. Monty Williams getting it because he's done a great job with with that crew down there. But like I said. Uh, it's just tough. It's just a tough overall matchup for them not to face them. Like if it was the Warriors in here, then I can see them easily advancing. But like I said, with the Lakers veteran guys that they have, like I said, LeBron, one of the best players in the world, like AD, if healthy. That's another thing too. Chemistry and just health. Like I'm pretty sure they'll fight through any nagging injuries that they have because they don't really care too much about the regular season. So they would have set out, but I think they'll fight through anything throughout the playoffs. So They'll get. They'll take care of this one in six. But uh, Wizards, Philadelphia. I think um, 76ers are holding on. They will win the first game of this matchup. But it was a close one, closer than I expected. Uh, who do you got in this one? I'm gonna. This one was 76ers in five or six, but I'm gonna go five. I, you know, Bradley Bill's not 100. percent Even though he had 31 today, that hamstring's not 100. percent I think Russell Wilson. Not Russell Wilson. Russell Westbrook is gonna. Cost him a game or two by a really costly turnover, you know, going too fast. A one-on-three on one on break when he's supposed to pull it out, but, you know, put his head down. <laughs> End up just having a dumb possession that cost him a game. So I, I'm going with the Sixers and five. The Wizards might get one game on the road, you know, uh, with Russell. Uh, Russell and Bradley are going to have to go, like, really, really crazy. Combined for, like, maybe 70 points to hold off the Sixers because they got a lot of – they got a lot of – way more scoring options than they've had in the past, in my opinion. So I mm -hmm. think – they're going to be trying to play catch up the entire game, and it's not going to be so just too much. Who's going to guard Embiid? Um, got Seth yeah. Curry coming off that just played somewhat well. Um, they just got a lot of people. Tobias Harris. And the only two main scoring options for the uh, Wizards is Beal and Westbrook, and I, I don't think that's going to get it done. I like Hachimori. He's he's okay to me. He's pretty decent to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I just don't think they have enough. This Wizards team's not very talented, and the fact that they even made it into the, the playoffs is pretty Pretty good accomplishment yeah. because at one point I don't know what they they started off really really bad at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. I think they're the last team to get a win, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> like seriously, I think they were like 0 and 9, 0 and 10. I can't remember. It was a while ago, but I just don't think they have enough. Simple as that. Um, I don't think anybody 
Like even betting people are gonna pick the Wizards in this series. So yeah, I'm, they might they could get swept, but I could easily see them getting one game DC because there's fans now. So mm-hmm. home court advantage is a little bit, you know, it's a little impactful. Yeah, I can see them pulling out one game, like just barely though, because yeah, like, just looking at just looking at the numbers and stats right now, like I don't know who was guarding Tobias, but he was going off. I mean, thirty five. I said no one can match up with Embiid on that side either. Um, you know, Simmons is gonna try to limit either he's gonna he's gonna do his best to limit either Bradley or Russ. It seems like in this game, I think it was more so uh Russ because Bradley had like 31. But like you just said, yeah, 76 has way more scoring options, they have way better shooting. Um, they have mismatches not everywhere, but in the main in main spots, the center, no one's guarding Embiid, no one's guarding Harris. Um, and like I said, just with shooters around Ben Simmons to help play make, he has 15 assists. So it, it's it's really they really don't have an advantage anywhere really on the Wizards side. Like I said, you got scoring from Russell and Bradley, and that's just about it, honestly. Like everywhere else, it's pretty much a mismatch, and they don't really have enough to stop them, and they don't have enough scoring power to to go bucket for bucket with them either so i can see them pulling out a game just because like you said like maybe that the atmosphere um in dc would be a little bit different being that it's the playoffs they weren't expected to make the playoffs they'll have um you know a few fans in the in attendance so maybe that's enough juice to get them over the hump and, and still one but there's no way i see this going past five games so it could either be a sweep or five or four one so and the biggest game of the day at least for me I'm pretty sure a lot of other people. I'm tuning in just because I'm into Off the Ball Network now. That's the yeah. only reason I'm tuning in. I feel like you'd want to tune in anyway, though. I said like, that to my dad because the Hawks haven't been in a minute. Like the last mm-hmm. time I vividly remember them in the playoffs and like when it mattered was I think our senior year in high school when they had the number one seed and LeBron came in and like right there <laughs> just just beat them up. Yeah, that that was a tough year, but to make the Eastern Conference Finals was was good enough for me. But I was gonna, I was good, I was good either way because it's either LeBron was gonna get a championship or go to the championship, or my Hawks shit. But it would have been nothing like being able to go. You know, I don't even know if I probably would have been able to. Ticket prices would have been ridiculous, but you know, go to a, a NBA Finals back then. But all in all, Knicks Hawks this year probably one of the. Probably will be one of the more competitive series. I know we have a few other ones, but I think this one can go six, seven easily. Um, I personally just don't like the—I don't want to say bias, but I don't like the the this the super confidence that I've been seeing that people have in these in this Knicks team and not giving the Hawks any type of look or respect. So um, I'll let you go first before I rant on this but who do you got of course um in this series and how many games uh you might like my prediction chris might not like my i'm (laughs) going with the hawks and seven i think it's going to be a back and forth series very testy series i just don't know why like the i'm i'm just really interested to see how this plans out like you know the knicks they've been playing well but the hawks they've been playing well especially ever since they let go of their coach and got nate mcmillan um just depends i don't you know, I don't really watch these two teams that much. I haven't been watching basketball. This is the least I've watched NBA out of all my years, I think, in a minute. But I've still been watching a little bit. Uh, just going to – it depends what you get from your main guys from the Hawks. You know, Trey Young's the main guy. Uh, John Collins is going to play well. Him and Julius Randle, that matchup's going to be interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Bogdanovich is a good player. Capella has been good for y'all. He's had some nice games, like some 20 and 20 games this year, a couple of them, I mm-hmm. think. Gallinari, you got Huter. Cam Reddish, he's not playing right. He's hurt. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he probably more likely won't play this season at all. Yeah, I think it just depends on who you the contribution, the type of contribution you get from your, your second and third guys. Uh, John Collins has to show up every game this series because you know Julius Randle's a dog, so he's gonna it's gonna be on his neck every every single game, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It depends on if they step up, you know. And it for the Knicks, it's the same thing. Like, can their other guys step up? Is D Rose gonna give you those twenty five point games off the bench? Because in some of their best games, you know that's. When he comes off the bench and contributes, they get their best success. So uh, it just depends, you know. Um, I think the Hawks have a lot, a little more firepower. You know, they got shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, the Knicks have a couple too, but I, I just feel like the Hawks have a little more in the tank. And Ice Trey is going to be ready for the moment. And I just, I see them coming out on top. You know, RJ Barrett's been pretty good, but I don't. They can, they can shut down quickly and all that, all that other stuff. And I feel like if they put it all on Julius Randle, he might unfold in the game or two. But I haven't been watching them enough to give a, a real-world perspective, but I just feel like the Hawks have too much firepower. And you just never know because all Tom Thibodeau's teams are defensive teams. You know, that's what he preaches first, defense first. So mm-hmm. they're going to – that's one thing about his teams. They're going to play defense. And if Trey Young – if they bottle up Trey Young, the Hawks are in a lot of trouble. But if him and John Collins can get it going and then they get, you know, sprinkle in a 20-point game from Bogdanovich or um, Huter here and there, I think they'll I think they'll be good. But this series is going to go back and forth like – I. I don't think home court is really safe. I know the garden hasn't been this lit in a long, long time. And I know there's probably people standing outside right now. What's it? Four yeah. o'clock and the game starts at seven. There's people waiting to get in right now. But probably I just think the Hawks firepower will be a little a little a little too much. But I'm I'm tuned in. Like I said, uh, the Hawks haven't been to the playoffs in a minute in a meaningful game. They're a four seed. Like it's not a guarantee that they're gonna lose the series. So I'll be tuned in for sure. And I know you will. Yeah. And, uh, the Hawks are seven, Hawks are seven. Hawks and seven, yeah. I've been been waiting for this for a minute because, like you said, not you know that with off the ball, most of them are Knicks fans, and it's it's crazy because you know, <clears throat> like when you follow one, it's like you follow all of them, like you follow the entire state of New York. It feels like so. It's, I, I, it's crazy me having to continue to see all these tweets and the things that they've been saying and feel like they're doing or gonna do and all this and that, and feel like it's just gonna be easy series to handle. It's just like they're in a bubble. They just know the Knicks, and that's all they know. But like my dad said, get out the broom. But we're gonna get out the broom for the blue, the the blue and orange. Um, I'm not gonna be that disrespectful and say we're gonna sweep y'all. I'll give y'all two games for sure. I say Hawks in six. Um, just because like you said that, I feel like offensively, even though and people think like you said, I, you know, my dad, you're gonna probably say something in a second, but I think he said oh and seven. I think he meant zero oh and three. We haven't, we didn't beat them all year, but that's because one, the first two games we had LP as our coach, and obviously within LP's tenure here was fourteen and twenty within the, in this season. We also never had a full healthy roster. Hunter, I think, was out two of the three games, and I don't think he played much in the one game that he did play in. And um, also Gallo, I don't think was in for one or two of those games as well. But basically, we we just never had the health that we're coming into this game with. I think the only person. Only two people that's on the injury report is uh, Brandon Goodwin, unfortunately, Pride of Norcross. I think he had a respiratory, um, yeah, respiratory issue. Um, and then Cam Reddish, who more likely missed the whole first round, but he hasn't been in the um, rotation anyway just because he, he's been hurt pretty much all this year. I think he hadn't played a game since maybe like early January, if that. Um, so, and I'm glad you said this. You have the number one three-point defense uh, team in the league understandable i think uh and i think you guys have also the the number one defensive uh efficiency as well 
But since uh, Nate McMillan has taken over, we're number three. So it's not like we're about to just let y'all score. And I don't think y'all really have anybody outside of Randall and Derek that's going to really kill us for 20, 30 a game. RJ, like I said, he'll probably give us, give you a solid 30 as well. But you guys have three guys that can possibly get you 20, 25 a game. We have a solid five to six that can get us a, a 20-point game at any given time. Gallo, Bogey, Trey. John Collins, Clint Capella, Lou Williams, if he's hit, DeAndre Hunter. And that's the crazy thing, too. I don't know if you saw it or not in the group chat, but somebody was like DeAndre Hunter being an impact on the series. Like, that's what I'm talking about, being in a bubble. Like, he's before he got hurt, he's one of the rising star players, especially in his second, what, second year. Yeah, second year in the league. He was averaging close to 18 and eight, something like that. Um, if he's any form of what he was. Uh, before he got hurt, then you know that's uh, that's a that's definitely a big factor. You know that's another body we can throw at Julius, um, along with you know Clinton, uh, John Collins, and that's the guy that's gonna get get you points on the other end as well. So, and what what are you saying? Not if you can't get to the room with no. What do you mean? That's what I'm saying. Like no, no. What is he? What is he doing? Like I understand. Like he's had a great defense of the year as well. Um, he'll be on one of the All NBA defensive teams. But again, that's the same thing with us. Like I can say that about Clint Capella, like rebounding block wise. I think he's top three in blocks. I know he led the NBA in in rebounds this year. So I can say the same thing about Noah. I can say the same thing about Clint Capella. Like I said, matchup wise, there's a lot of interesting matchups. Like like said, defensively, I know they're going to be hounding us. They're going to be hounding Trey. But again, I looked at. Uh, I think someone tweeted out the stats earlier. But everyone that they've thrown at Trey, he's averaged well over 20 points on them um and i think well over like six or seven assists as well so yeah, i know they're gonna throw frank at them they're gonna try to throw elford Payton at them they're gonna try to put uh you know Derek rose on them a little bit but you know that's just one guy i gotta slow up like i said there's six to seven guys that can easily put up 20 and you know take this take this game under control like i said if you're not taking away trey's playmaking it's fine like if you take away trey's playmaking and scoring then maybe a little bit of an issue but we since Nate McMillan has taken over, he's made other guys into playmakers like Bogey. Um, if Cam was playing, I'm sure we would have seen the progression with him as well. And DeAndre could play make a little bit as well, too. So I don't know. All in all, I think it's going to interesting. It could be a really, really interesting series with the Knicks. The main thing is I know they're going to play defense. They're they're going to hound you um, and they're going to tire you out. But so we just going to have to play physical. But I do believe we have. I, I personally, I honestly believe we have, if not eight, at least seven of the top 10 players that's going to be matching up in this series. Like the, the nods I'll give them is, um, like I said, Derrick Rose and Julius Randle. I really, I can give, I guess RJ the nod as well. He has really had a really good year, a really good second year as well. So other than that, I think we have seven of the top 10 guys in this in, in this matchup. And I personally think, like I said, it'll, it'll be a tough one, but I think Julius and those guys like run out of steam offensively, and then that defensive efficiency isn't going to be able to, you know, win them games, keep up with games. At least not in a seven-game series, because you know by game three, like everyone pretty much knows the game plan. Like nothing is changing up that that much. Like so, like whatever they're doing, whether they th- double team and trade, you know, whatever they do, because I mean, like I said, that they know trade is our engine. So whatever they do that with that is like at that point, it's chess and checkers. So. We said, I, I think it's going to be a good matchup. I still think we pull this one out in six. You said six. Yeah, I'm saying Because I think I we still want to. I don't know. We still wanted these first two games. Like, Yeah, and- but 
I could see, like, like I said, I don't think home court advantage because there's a lot of it. I mean, I'm pretty sure you know this being in Atlanta your whole life. It's a lot of New York folks in Atlanta, too. So, now they and, you know, Knicks fans haven't been to the playoffs. They're going to show up. So I just feel like there's no real home court advantage besides in New York. Like your dad said, you can – tomorrow you might – y'all might lose game one. But, yeah, I could see you got any – both teams still in the game away. That's why I think the game's going to – I mean, the series is going to go seven. Hey, at 9.30, you'll know. You'll have a good idea of how the series is going to turn out. And, you know, the – for me in basketball, I think like the first game always sets the tone. You got to set the mm-hmm. tone. So we'll know on both sides how both teams are looking. But I just, you know, seven, seven for me, six. I don't, I don't think you guys can close it out in six. I'm not even being a hater. Like I want the Hawks to win just to, so I can talk my little, my little mess in the chat, <laughs> my one little message. But we'll see. I'll be tuned in. I think uh, I'm glad. I was just about to say is like, you know, that's the thing I've been hearing is, you know, MSG is just different. I know it's loud. You know, you took me to a game one time. I know it's loud. I know it's crowded. I know the Knicks fans are crazy. They're, they're going to be screaming before a tip-off even. But Yeah, they lose their fighting. Yeah, I think – but Trey feeds off of all of that. Like, Trey loves being in the spotlight. Like, Trey l- loves the attention. So, I honestly think this fares well for him. Like, I'm honestly glad. I wanted the Knicks for different reasons. But I think it fares well for him and his game in general because I think he just likes – he likes playing in the spotlight. Like, the Knicks are we're we're what primetime game like there's no way like any other year really like we'd be at the seven o'clock spot right now like we would have been one o'clock like if anything like on a Sunday afternoon so I think Trey's gonna feed off of you know the crowd noise he, he loves playing in the big big time games in the spotlight like that's just that's when he that's when he plays best honestly so I think this fares well for him I honestly think we still game one and then game two I think they take that's just how I'm feeling about it and I think we handle it handle ourselves at home the next two games they win the game coming back here game five and we get win game six so that's how i see it going um but we say it could easily go seven as well but i think home court in this series unfortunately does have a little bit to come comes to play a little because like you said the knicks fans are going to travel we already saw somebody in our group coming here to play a game he spent 350 dollars on one ticket and that's not even like playing that's not where you're staying that's none of that he's spent 350 dollars to come to a game here in Atlanta. So that's 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 wild to me. But like I said, they're gonna travel, but I think Trey feeds off all that energy. So we'll see we'll see what happens. Like you said, 930 we'll have a good idea where the series is gonna go. But uh finish off the last two uh last two playoff series that we got Milwaukee and Miami. Miami actually made a game yesterday, forced it to overtime, but Chris Milton handed them the L with the uh you know go ahead um go ahead two point uh Phil goal. So what do you uh, think about this series and who do you think uh, pulls this one out? I have Bucks in seven. I think it's going to be a struggle. I watched, I watched this game from start to finish pretty much. And um, the Heat didn't even like the, the reason why I think it's going to go seven, the Heat are always a tough matchup for them. Cause you know, they beat them last year, of course, but Jimmy and Bam, I wrote it down. They went a for a combined a for 37 for 26. Oh yeah. Points. They played like, God awfully. Yeah. They played their worst possible game and they took them to OT and really could have won. The game could have gone either way. You know, Duncan Robinson and Drogic, what well, they combined for? They combined for 49, so mm-hmm. that's pretty decent. Need a little bit more out of the uh, Kendrick Nunn hero, but um, I think that it's just a tough test for the Bucks. Um, you know, the Bucks, the Bucks big two had 53, so they got the contribution that they needed out of them. But I feel like if Bam and Jimmy are on their stuff, if they play better, they can take this seven easily. Like, they really could have won that game yesterday. You know, I feel like Giannis is kind of tripping at the end of the fourth quarter. But <laughs> that free throw. Yeah, but 
other than that, I, I think the Heat are a tough matchup, man. Don't sleep on them. Uh, I, I could easily see them. Like, if I had to bet on it, if I was betting on this, I would pick them in two tomorrow. So, because uh, I don't think Jimmy and Bam could play any worse, and they won't. Uh, Jimmy, you know, he's pro- he's a prideful player. He doesn't like performing like that in big moments. He's known for playing better in the playoffs. So, I feel like he's going to get it together and have a bounce back game, too. So, but the, ultimately, the series will go seven, and the Bucks will figure out a way to pull it out in the end. So, yeah. got Bucks in seven. Yeah. I'm going to go six on this one as well. Just because you said Miami's a tough out. They they can shoot. They play defense. They're a greedy team. Like you said, Bam and Jimmy not going to play any worse. Like they're going to be on this stuff from here on out from, from, uh, for the rest of the series. But I think Milwaukee is just a little bit different than the team they faced last year. I think, although I still think they gave up a lot for them, I think Drew Holiday's addition is going to be the, the, the difference in, uh, in this one. Um, Chris Milton's grown even in, from what we've seen him be an all-star last year. And we know he's the closer of that team and he's going to continue to do what he does. He, he's an incredible shot maker as well. And Giannis is just an incredible finisher around the rim. They're going to try to do everything they can to slow him, but I don't think they, you know, say so they got Bam, but I don't think they really have any other bigs that can to help slow him down. I know they precious plays a little bit, but he's a rookie. Um, so, and personally, I didn't think Milwaukee is going to take this one personal um, because everybody was, Everyone had them stamped to be in the finals last year against the Lakers, and Miami, you know, ruined that for them. So I think, you know, Milwaukee has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder this year um, and going to take this matchup even more personal than what they should already, even though it is the playoffs. So, but I think, like I said, Miami's a, a, a tough out because they're just a tough team. And I was glad that my Hawks didn't have to play them because um, I honestly think we wasn't going to win that series, especially if everyone was healthy. But, um, I would say Milwaukee in six um, for sure. Uh, I, I can see Miami winning the game tomorrow um, and still in one uh, in Milwaukee, but I think all in all, Milwaukee wins this one in six. Then uh, the last one might be a, a decently easy one as well. Honestly, well, maybe not after yesterday because the Celtics, I personally think, had a chance to, to win that game, but they started just running out of the gas in the end um, and, and started slowing up and scoring wasn't or buckets weren't falling like they were supposed to, like they was in the first quarter at least. But Brooklyn and uh, the Celtics, who do you got winning this series? And this one, games? I think this is the easiest one besides the uh, Philly and Washington series. I'm going with the Nets at five. You know, the Celtics, they played well in the first half, but if you're watching, like, Kimba and uh, Jason Tatum got in foul trouble early. Mm-hmm. In, uh, like, Kimba had four within, like, two minutes of the third quarter. Third quarter so yep. kind of had to take them out a little bit. Uh, they just don't have enough firepower to keep up. Like, they – the big three went for 72, and that was a light day. Like Harden, I think Harden had 22 or 18. I can't remember exactly what, but, you know, all three of those guys are capable of going 40-plus on any given night. So this is too much firepower, like just way too much. The Celtics, if they had JB, I'd I give them a chance to maybe push it to six, maybe seven, but all they have is Jason Tatum and Kemba, and they're not really getting any production from any other players like that. So Marcus Smart played okay. He, had, I think he had like 15 yesterday, but – just not enough. Too much firepower. Um, I could easily see it being a sweep, but, you know, the pride of Jason Tatum and Kimba, I think they're going to pull out one game because, you know, Jason Tatum's capable of going for 50 himself like he did in a playing game. So uh, it's a tough one. I wish the Celtics were healthier. This would be actually a good series, in my opinion, if JB was here, but it's just too much firepower to keep up with. And the Nets are going to cruise to the second round where they'll potentially – hopefully they play the Bucks because if they play the Heat, I think they'll, they'll blow the Heat out. Uh, yeah, I got broken in five. Yeah, I think the same here as well. I think Celtics find a way to still game somehow, some way. Um, the one yesterday might have been the one that they needed because I, I, I thought they might pull that one out. But like you said, like 
Kimmel got in foul trouble early. So did Jason Tatum. Um, so Marcus Smart had a pretty decent day, but they just don't have enough offensive firepower in the matchups. It's just not there neither. Like you said, it, there's three guys that can take you off the dribble. Like KD was toying. I don't know if it was Tristan. It was somebody. I'm pretty sure it was Tristan though. But like one, two, and just was by him like with ease. And I think they had Evan Fournier on him one time as well. It's like you just don't have anybody that can guard all three of those guys, especially off the dribble. So it, it's going to be a tough, tough, tough series for them. But like you said, maybe the pride, maybe Brad Stevens made some type of adjustments. Maybe the pride of Kimba and Jason Tatum. They're able to sneak out a game. But, yeah, if they even have a chance, Tatum's going to have to go for, like, 50, 60 each and every game <laughs> anyway. And that's, you know, I mean, it's the NBA. Like, we see it all the time, but, like, that's tough to do, like, in a seven-game series against a team that you're continuously playing. But, yeah, I, I don't see this one. This one can very well be a sweep. Like you said, this this one's probably just as easy as Philly and, and Washington. Sweep, maybe f- push it to five. Like I said, just with – just because I don't want to, just because I like Tatum and I think he's capable of going for 50 or 60 and putting t- this team on his back and pulling out a, a, a tough win. So I'll give him that respect and say it's a five, five game series and they'll sneak out one. But Brooklyn moves on and faces the Bucks more than likely. So, but um, yeah, I think that, that does it for the, the predictions. That does it for the series. I know there's some games coming on today that we're all excited about. Um, and honestly, I think that does it for the show as well. Um, Try to hit on everything that's been going on in the news recently. Um, some NFL uh, and, and, and the NBA playoffs that's ramping up now. Uh, but before we head out, um, Thad, is there anything, anything that we missed? Anything you feel like we should add? Any last thoughts? Uh, nah, nothing. I don't think we should add anything. You know, good to be back. Uh, been a little, took a little time off, but uh, we'll be coming to y'all with, you know, episodes weekly. Uh, more often i got this schedule thing figured out now so i know when i'll be available and stuff so you know uh just looking forward to doing more content and stuff and seeing what happens in the sports world i know we'll be talking about more basketball as the playoffs heat up and we get deeper into the playoffs so just looking forward to it about to tune into this lakers game yes sir yes sir same here um and and tune into this hawks game because i want to if you i might hop on if y'all have like a show you know where people can hop on y'all have a little oh yeah yeah, about the game or something because i'm I'm going to be tuned in and I'll be ready to give my opinion, good or yeah. bad. Yeah, I might do that. We, we might throw that together maybe last minute. Uh, I know I saw someone say something about it, but typically I'm the one that takes reins of that and I'll do it my little Atlanta Hawks, little fly-through show thing. But we'll we'll figure it out, and of course. Like say So y'all might see us throwing, doing another show later a little bit uh, in a little bit. So uh, other than that, I think uh, if you're still watching, I think tonight uh, NBA 2 League, NBA 2K League has been going on. Um, I am now part of, uh, you know, the little, the, the, the post game broadcast team with the off the ball network where we'll be talking about the NBA 2k league. Um, I think today, today is the, they're crowning a champion. Um, it's the finals. Um, so we'll recap and, and do all that on dash radio. So if you don't have it, download dash radio, um, tune into nothing but net channel and, uh, hear me talk about the NBA 2k league and, uh, who's taking home the trophy, um, 160 K tonight. So pretty big prize pool i think it's a a million overall for the entire year but um yeah man that does it for today's uh today's episode like that said we both figure out our schedule definitely be coming out with more weekly uh shows more content hopefully some more um you know cool little videos and cool little intros and everything um for our show here as well um Make sure you catch all this episode and all the other ones um, on Facebook and Instagram, What the Game Means to Me, Twitter, WTG, MTM Podcast. Um, appreciate everyone at Off the Ball Network for giving us a platform to speak. 
Um, definitely looking forward to making fun of y'all after y'all take this L tonight um, <laughs> to my Hawks. And uh, that does it for today's episode. And we'll see you guys next time. Everybody have a good one. Catch y'all later.